great, great, great. Well, I want you to take your Bibles tonight, if you will, please, and turn to the book of Mark, Mark chapter number eight tonight. Mark chapter number eight. And I told you I'd keep it brief tonight, and I will tonight. Mark chapter number eight in your Bibles. And uh, when you find your places, if you're able to stand, if you'll stand with us tonight, we'll read just a few verses and then we'll give you a few thoughts from God's Word tonight. Mark chapter number 8, and look, if you will, please, at verse number 13. And we're going to read down through right around verse number 18. Mark chapter 8 and verse number 13. The Bible says, And he left them, and entering into the ship again, departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread, neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. And he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have no bread. And when Jesus knew it, he saith unto them, Why reason ye because ye have no bread? Perceive ye not yet, neither understand. Have ye your heart yet hardened? Having eyes, see ye not. And having ears, hear ye not, and do ye not remember. And I want to draw your attention tonight, if I could, to verse number 15. And he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. You may be seated tonight. And I want to talk to you about leaven this evening. And I don't know that I've ever, uh, I don't know that I've ever really preached a whole sermon on leaven here at Calvary Baptist Church. But I want to talk to you about that subject tonight, leaven, leaven. Uh, and specifically, beware of the leaven, which is what the Lord was talking about here. And so let's pray, and we'll jump right into the Bible study tonight. Father, thank you for letting us, uh, again, for letting us be here tonight. My soul, what a great day today. God, thank you for being so good, so faithful to meet with us like you do. Holy Spirit, thank you for being the greatest teacher that's ever lived and I pray now for the next few moments, Spirit of God, that you'll meet with us, that you would uh, go from pew to pew and heart to heart, and Lord, that you will teach us uh, a great truth tonight that we'll be able to, to hold on to and, and take home with us. And Lord, I pray that you'll challenge us real good tonight. I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you help me, but Lord, I pray also that you help our dear people tonight. I pray that you help those that are watching by way of the live stream. And Father, I pray that everything that's done would be coordinated together in such a way that it would bring honor and praise and glory to the precious Lamb of God. We love you and praise you. We ask for your help now. In Jesus' name we pray and for his sake, amen. Here in Mark chapter 8, we find here that Jesus is taking an opportunity to teach and to challenge his disciples concerning leaven, leaven. Uh, in this specific instance, he was referring to the hypocrisy of the religious crowd. And in this story, the Pharisees. The Pharisees thought they were fair, you see. They, uh, they were the religious zealots of that day and time. But not, not, only, see, not only the Pharisees, but also Herod, who was serving as the Jewish king. And he challenged his disciples concerning their leaven, their religious hypocrisy. What he was saying was this, that they say one thing and yet they do the other. 
They look good on the outside, but looks can be deceiving. On the inside, they're actually wicked. They look good on the outside, but on the inside, they're full of leaven. Now, I guess the question tonight would be is, first of all, why is leaven such a big deal to the Lord? And uh, as you go through your Old Testament, you find out that we, we find that word used quite a lot and specifically unleavened. And so let's answer that question first tonight. Why did God expect the Israelites to abstain from leavened bread, specifically during the feast of the Passover? And this is just interesting. May, not, may or may not change your life, but it's interesting. When God delivered the Israelites from Egypt, don't forget that he did so quickly. He wanted them to exit quickly. And by the way, what a picture that is. It's a picture that God doesn't want his children in the world one second longer than they have to be. And when God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, he did so quickly. He brought them out suddenly. Uh, again, a picture that God absolutely does not want his children in bondage to the world. If you're here tonight and you're in bondage, or if you're watching my way of live stream tonight and you're in bondage, you're uh, under the power of some kind of, a, of an addiction, uh, something has you uh, in, uh, in, in chains, I want you to understand that God, uh, God's not pleased with that. God doesn't want you serving any other Lord than him. He wants to be the only Lord in your life. He wants to be the only thing that has control in your life. And so for this reason, God brought them out of Egypt quickly. In fact, so quickly that he didn't even want them to leaven their bread. He wanted to bring them out of bondage immediately. And so the message to the Israelites, the Lord's message to the Israelites was this, that, you know what, don't even take the time to put leaven in your bread. Just eat it unleavened. Just eat it without the yeast in it. Just, but I want you out. I want you out of Egypt. And so don't even stay behind to put some yeast in there. You come out of the world immediately. Pretty amazing picture there. And so I want to I take just a few moments tonight and I want to give you some lessons on leaven. Some lessons on leaven tonight that I think are pretty important and some things that I think will help you tonight. How about this? Number one, we learned from the word of God, first of all, that leaven was a picture of sin. Leaven in the Bible is a picture of sin. Now, someone says, Pastor, why? Why, why is that? Why, why does leaven, why is leaven used to symbolize sin in the Word of God? And there may be several different reasons, but let me give you one of the main ones. It's because leaven or yeast has a compounding effect. A compounding effect. You say, Pastor, what do you mean? Well, uh, uh, and, and boy, I can, I can really relate to this point right here because years ago, we came up, uh, as I said the other night, we came up sort of old school. And, uh, and uh, I can remember dad going down to, uh, to the local dairy and we would get milk from the local dairy. And, you know, we didn't know about pasteurization and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and I've seen my mom churn butter. I've seen mom use an old-fashioned churn and churn butter. And, uh, but also, I've seen my mom on many occasions, I've seen my mom make homemade bread. And it's quite the, boy, it's quite the, uh, the process. And, and, uh, and by the way, we were always excited when mom made homemade bread because I'm telling you, it was amazing. It was out of this world. 
Um, uh, and, and nothing wrong with store-bought, but, I, but there's nothing like homemade. And so mom would take dough and uh, she, would, she would knead that dough. Well, you, you, a lot of you ladies know what I'm talking about. She would knead that dough and then mom would take a little bit of leaven. She'd take a little bit of yeast and she would mix that yeast with that dough and then she would leave it. She'd leave it. She'd put it in some kind of a big container uh, and by the way, it started very small. And she'd add that yeast and then we would, she'd leave it alone. She might cover it or something like that, but she'd leave it alone. And, and a little bit later, she'd come back to it and she would get it out. She'd knead it again. She'd add a little, a, a little bit more leaven to it and then she'd leave it again. And boy, as a kid, it was one of the most amazing things because that dough would grow. Man, I'll tell you what, it was amazing. To, uh, to little kids, we thought, man, that is the neatest thing, Mom. How do you do that? And so she would put that leaven, and the dough would grow. She'd leave it a little while. She'd come back. She'd put some more leaven with it, and that dough would grow again. And sometimes when we'd get home from church or we'd, we'd come home a little bit later in the day, sometimes that dough had grown, had grown so much that it was literally overlapping the bowl, and it was starting to come out of the bowl. And, uh, and then Mom would take it, and, of course, uh, she, would, uh, she would bake the bread. Man, it was absolutely amazing. But the, the whole moral of the story there is this, that a little bit of leaven had an amazing effect on the dough. By the way, did you know that's the reason that Jesus Christ came to this world? Was because he wanted to save you and he wanted to save me from this compounding effect of sin. The Bible says in Matthew chapter one, verse number 21, and she, talking about Mary, and she shall bring forth the son and thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. As I want you to understand, now someone says, Pastor, why did Jesus come? Jesus came because of the compounding effect of sin. The Lord Jesus Christ came to this earth, lived 33 and a half years of perfect life. He took your sin upon him. He took my sin upon him. He went to the cross of Calvary and there he bled and he suffered and he died. They put him in a grave. Three days later, God raised him from the dead. He is a living, resurrected Savior. And please understand, something that Jesus Christ came here to save you and to save me from the compounding effect of sin. By the way, it's very sad that people claim to be saved and yet they're still living in sin. And I want to ask you a question tonight. If you're living, if you're still living in sin, what have you been saved from? And, of course, we live in the Bible Belt. We live in the buckle, I guess, the buckle of the Bible Belt. And it seems like everywhere you go, you knock on somebody's door and you say, have you been saved? Oh, yes. You know, everybody's saved. Bubba's saved, you know. And uh, uh, everybody, everybody is saved. And yet they're living that same, that same lifestyle, still involved in sin, still involved in transgression, still involved in iniquity, still involved in that same old lifestyle. And I want to say this, what have you been saved from? Because when Jesus Christ saved you, if you're saved, and when the Lord Jesus Christ saved me when I got saved, please understand something. He saved you from 
sin. Now, now, does that mean we're perfect? No. Does that mean that we're never going to sin? No. That's not what I'm preaching. I'm not preaching sinless perfection, but I am preaching this, that my dear friend, when you become born again and you are transformed by the Spirit of God, Jesus comes to bring you out of that lifestyle and to change your life and to use you for his honor and his glory. Now, amen. Now, if you're here tonight, you say, Pastor, I'm saved, but you're still living an ungodly life. I'll tell you what I would do. I'd check up. I would check up. What have you been saved from? Sin has a compounding effect. Sin or leaven is a picture of sin. By the way, which is exactly why we use unleavened bread for the Lord's table and communion. Because Jesus was sinless. Now, you've heard me say this before. But uh, when we have Lord's Supper, you know what? Why not just send somebody down to Logan's and, and get a whole bunch of yeast rolls? And, and uh, man, we'll pass those things out during Lord's Supper. And everybody can have a yeast roll and some honey butter. And, and uh, I mean, man, that's great. I mean, I, I would enjoy that, probably a little too much. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, the reason we don't do that, the reason we have unleavened bread is because in the Word of God, leaven was a type of sin. And when we partake of communion, which is the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, that unleavened bread that is not very tasty, it's not very tantalizing, that unleavened bread is a picture of the sinless body of the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we may be made the righteousness of God in him. Now, I want to I be very clear about something tonight. I'm going to the next point. Uh, don't you believe someone who says, well, Jesus was a good man and Jesus was a good teacher and Jesus was a great preacher, but Jesus was a man just like everybody else and he sinned just like everybody else and he had bad thoughts just like everybody else. I want to tell you something. That is straight out of the pit. That is not the case. That is not true. Jesus was a man just like you. He suffered temptation just like you. But please understand something. Jesus Christ never sinned. He was the sinless, spotless substitute, the Lamb of God. If he had sinned himself, he could not take away yours. And so leaven is a picture of sin. But number two, quickly, number two, leaven has potential power. Leaven is a picture of sin. Leaven has potential power. A little bit of leaven can change the molecular structure of the bread. As I said just a moment ago, it doesn't require a lot. It just takes a little. That's why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 5, verse number 6, your glory is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. That's why the Holy Spirit said in Galatians chapter five, verse number nine, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Did you know tonight, Calvary, it doesn't take a lot of sin to destroy a life? Did you know that it doesn't take a lot of sin to ruin a church, to cause problems in a church? Uh, uh, somebody says, well, preacher, you know, the, the whole congregation's not involved. The whole congregation doesn't have to be involved. 
A little bit of sin could cause problems in your life. A little bit of sin can cause problems in my life. A little bit of leaven can cause problems in your marriage. A little bit of leaven can cause your, your, the, the heart of your parent to be broken. And, and what I'm saying is this, that, that little bit, that little bit of leaven, that little bit of sin, it may not seem like a lot. It may not seem uh, you know, very big, but that little bit of leaven has potential power. So years ago, they tell us that the Eskimo, at times when he would be battling with the polar bear, and someone said that polar bear hunting is so fun because as you're hunting them, they're hunting you. And here's this nine-foot polar bear, all muscle. And so the Eskimos had a way of dealing with the polar bear. Never fired a shot. Didn't use a bow and arrow. They said that the Eskimos would, would take a bone about, about a foot in length. And that Eskimo would sharpen off both ends until they were just really, really, really sharp. Then they take that bone. They would soak that bone until it got really, really soft. They would take that bone out of that solution. And then very, very carefully, they would coil that bone that was sharpened on each side, they would coil that bone into almost a, if you could think of a spring. Well, they would hold that bone in place. Then they would take a piece of gut. They would put a piece of gut around that bone. They would tie it in place. Then they would take that coiled piece of sharpened bone. They put it in a small piece of meat. And then they leave it out on the snow. Mr. Polar Bear, who's hungry, has been looking for something to eat, has an amazing nose. He is coming through the tundra, and he smells that fresh meat. He makes his way over to that little piece of meat, and he says, man, this is my lucky day. And he literally just picks it up and swallows it one gulp. Just swallows it. He swallows that meat, and his digestive juices begin to work on that piece of meat. And what they tell us is his juices begin to work on that piece of gut. When his digestion or that di those digestive juices work their way through that piece of gut wrapped around that bone, all of a sudden, almost like a switchblade, that piece of bone springs out. And Mr. Polar Bear is killed from the inside out. Now, here's my point. It didn't take a 44 Magnum. It didn't take a trap. It was just one little small thing, a bone, just about, a, just about 12 inches in length, but it was used to have potential power. Please understand tonight, Calvary, that a little bit of sin has potential power to destroy your life. And the devil will come and the devil will say, but it's no big deal. It's, it's, it's not a big deal what you're looking at. It's not a big deal what you're listening to. It's not that big a deal, the crowd that you're hanging around. It's not that big a deal what you're bringing into your body. It's, 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 it's not that big a deal. I mean, nobody's going to know. and Your mom and dad don't know. And, and your pastor doesn't know. And, and it's just your business. And it's not going to hurt anybody else. And, and it's, it's just a little thing. Just think of all the big things that people are doing. It's just, a little, it's just a little sin. It's just a little thing. But please understand that a little bit of leaven has potential power to ruin your life. 
When I thought about this little, this idea of little, I thought about a man by the name of Achan. Y'all remember that story? Over in Joshua chapter seven, you don't have to turn there. The Bible tells us that God judged Israel because of the sin of Achan. Achan, you say, wow, pastor, what did he do? Listen to what he did. Achan took a wedge of gold, a Babylonian garment, and 200 shekels of silver. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. And he took it from the enemy. We say, Pastor, that doesn't seem like a very big deal. And I guess it wouldn't have been, except God told him not to do it. God said, I don't want you to mess with it. Don't want you to touch it. I, I don't want you to bring it back. I want you to leave it alone. And yet the Bible says that Achan coveted, he saw these shiny things. He saw these, uh, the, the, these things that were tempting. And the Bible says he took them back to his tent and he, he hid them in the tent, in the floor of his tent there. And because of that, God judged an entire nation. And by the way, you read the story, you'll find out that Achan lost his life. His family lost their lives all because of one sin. Leaven has potential power. The Bible says in Song of Solomon chapter two, verse number 15, take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines. And so leaven is a picture of sin. Leaven has potential power. I told you we're gonna be brave tonight. But let me give you this last thing. I want you to understand that last of all tonight, there were instances where leaven was to be prohibited completely. Specifically, the Passover or the feast of what they called the Feast of Unleavened Bread were times when leaven was prohibited altogether. Now, if you're asleep, wake up because I want to give you something that's going to help you right now. And we're, we're, I mean, the wheels are on the runway. We're getting ready to have the closing prayer here in just a moment, but I want you to hear me out. In fact, I want to show you tonight. I want you to take your Bibles tonight, if you wouldn't, turn to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter number 12. Exodus chapter number 12, and look if you look at verse number 15. And we find that there were times in the word of God where God came to Israel and, and God said, I don't want there to be one portion of leaven anywhere close to your stuff. Exodus chapter 12, verse number 15. He says to them, seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread. Look what he says here. Even the first day. Ye shall put away leaven out of your houses. For whosoever eateth leavened bread from the first day unto the seventh day, that soul shall be called off, uh, cut off from Israel. Now, same chapter. Skip down to verse number 19. Again, the Lord says in verse number 19, seven days shall there be no leaven. Now, how much leaven? No leaven. Seven days shall there be no leaven found in your houses. For whosoever eateth that which is leaven, even that soul shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he be a stranger or born in the land. Ye shall eat nothing leavened in all your habitations. Shall ye eat unleavened bread? And so God came to this lights and said, listen, I don't want, while we're having this, uh, this special uh, celebration, I don't want you to have any leaven in your house. Did you know back in that day in Hebrew, culture that that they would go through their homes and they would actually check to make sure they didn't forget 
to make sure that there wasn't leaven in a cup, a cupboard, or there wasn't leaven, leaven in, a, in a drawer, or there wasn't leaven somewhere. They would go through the house and they would check all over the house to make sure there was no leaven in the house. What a picture. You know what God is saying here? Don't forget what we said. Old Testament illustration, New Testament truth. God is saying this, I don't want sin in any part of your life. You need to go through and check and make sure that there is no leaven in your house anywhere. By the way, no wonder the psalmist said in Psalm 101 and verse number two, I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. Now this, we're done. This is all I'm saying. Did you know that that wouldn't be a really a bad idea for you and me? to go through our house and make sure there's no leaven in our home. What do you say, Pastor? Yeast? No, but the picture. It wouldn't hurt us to go through our house. It wouldn't hurt us to examine our life and say, Spirit of God, is there any leaven in my life? Lord, is there any leaven in my marriage? Is there any leaven in my home? Is there anything that, 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 Lord, you're not pleased with? Is there anything that might not bring glory to you? Is there anything that, that quenches your spirit or, or grieves the spirit of God? And please understand, Calvary, that leaven can come in through a multitude of ways. Leaven can come in through Facebook. Everybody with me tonight? Leaven can come in by way of Instagram. Leaven can come in by way of the television. Leaven can come in by way of literature, the literature that you look at or the literature that you read. Leaven can come in by the wrong crowd or unchristlike music. Now, again, I know the world says, well, it's not, it's not a big deal. It's just a little thing. But please understand that a little bit of leaven has potential power, has power to destroy your life and power to destroy mine. Someone said it's only a tiny seed. Carely brushed aside, but it grew in time to a noxious weed and spread its poison wide. It was only a little leak, so small you could hardly see, but the rising waters found the break and wrecked the great levee. It was only a single spark dropped by a passing train, but the dead leaves caught and swift and dark was its work on wood and plain. It was only a thoughtless word, scarcely meant to be unkind, but it pierced as a dart to the heart that heard and left its sting behind. It may seem a trifle at most, the things that we do or say, and yet it may be that at fearful cost we wish it undone someday. What's that mean, Pastor? It means we have to be very careful because one Tiny bit of sin can cause major problems in your life, in your relationship, in your home. I love this. Someone said the tiny snowflake flutters as it falls. It seems so insignificant and hopeless or helpless, it cannot even defy even a child. But it's a different matter when it unites with countless millions of other snowflakes. First, they cover the ground with beautiful mantle of white, 
Then they pile pile higher and higher. The wind gathers them into huge drifts. Man stands helpless on the highway as the little flakes call out in unison, you shall not pass. The mighty railroad engine speeds along, but again, the small white messengers say, you too must stop. A tiny snowflake can have a detrimental effect. Now, we're, 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 we're done. You can close your Bibles, we're done. But I want you to understand something because this really is the, this is the lie of, of the devil. The devil will say, but it's not a big thing. It's a little thing. It's just a joint. It's just one drink. It's just one magazine. It's just one day of bitterness. You're not going to be bitter the rest of your life. It's just one day of bitterness. It's not going to hurt anything. But there's a reason that the Lord made leaven stand out because leaven has potential power. And it takes just a little to ruin your life and wreck your life. Interesting story. Sort of like the polar bear story. They tell us that years ago, the Native American Indians had a way of dealing with the timber wolf. Sometimes those timber wolves out west were were huge. And and from time to time, those timber wolves would start causing problems in the tribe and, and the village. And so the Indian didn't have at least at that time, didn't have guns and things like that to defend themselves. And so some of the Native American Indians, would, 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 they had a solution. They would take a little, just a little tiny piece of metal and the Indian would, would sharpen, he would sharpen that metal, just a little tiny, look like a razor blade, about the size of a razor blade. And he would take that piece of metal and he would sharpen, 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 sharpen until it was literally razor sharp. He would then go out into the snow and the ice and he would dig a little divot in the, in the snow and he would take that little tiny piece of metal that he had sharpened and he would place that uh, tiny little piece of metal in that little divot. He would get it just right. Then he would take some fresh blood and he would, he would fill in that little divot just barely, barely above that little piece of metal. He would fill it in with some fresh blood and then they would let it freeze. Timber wolf would come through the woods and uh, through the uh, woods, and man, his snout, you know, he would smell that fresh blood, and he would, yeah, wow, smells like a, a buffet. And man, he would follow his scent to that place there in the woods, and sure enough, there it was. I mean, it was it was awesome. There was that that pool of blood there, and, and man, he would begin to lick that blood, and he thought, wow, what a great day, what a great find. He would begin licking that that blood that had frozen. And as he licks the the blood, the frozen blood, it begins to thaw. The the hot breath from his nose is also working to thaw that frozen blood. He licks and licks and licks and he thinks, man, this is wonderful. It's delicious. It's great. And he licks and he licks and his tongue begins to melt the ice. And by the time he gets down to that sharpened piece of metal. He's been licking on the ice now, and now his tongue is numb. And all of a sudden, without him knowing it, that little piece of metal breaks the surface. 
And Mr. Timberwolf licks. And this time when he licks, it slits his tongue. He looks back down and he says, wow, more blood. So he licks again and it cuts his tongue again. He looks back down, there's more blood. He licks again. He's not feeling it, cutting his tongue. He looks back down, there's more blood, there's more blood. He continues to lick, continues to lick until finally Mr. Timberwood bleeds to death. And he died licking his own blood. Now, here's, here's the point. One little tiny piece of metal, of sharpened metal brought that Timberwood down. Please understand something tonight. The devil comes and the devil says, it's just a little thing. It's not gonna hurt. It, 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 it won't hurt your marriage, but it will hurt your marriage. It's just a tiny little thing. It won't hurt your kids, but it will hurt your kids because leaven has potential power. Now, ask a question. I wonder tonight, and I believe I, believe I pastor some of the greatest people in the world, and that's the truth. I really do. But I wonder tonight, I wonder, mom, dad, is there, is, is there at least a chance that we need to go home tonight and just say, Holy Spirit, is there anything? Is there anything in this house that shouldn't be here? Is there anything in here that might hurt my children or hurt my marriage? Or, Lord, is there, Holy Spirit, would you show me? Is there anything in here? Is there anything we're watching? Is there any kind of music we're listening to? Is there any kind of friends that we're hanging around that, that are, are pulling us down? Are there any kind of friends that we're letting our kids hang around that may pull them down? And if the Spirit of God deals with your heart about that thing, this is what I would say. Deal with it. Deal with it. And you know what will happen? God will bless you for it. Simple message tonight. Eleven. Let's bow our heads tonight. Father, thank you for this time that we've had together this evening. Lord, we thank you for this simple word and yet, Lord, an important word. Father, it really is, it really is the big lie of the enemy. It's just little. It's small. It's not a big deal. But Lord, help us keep in mind that a little bit of leaven can cause a lot of problems. Lord, tonight I pray that you'd help us to examine our, our personal heart. I pray that you'd help us to examine our homes. And Father, in 2021, may we be yielded to the Spirit of God. And Father, if there are things that we're involved in, things that our kids are involving themselves in, that Lord, have no part in the life of the child of God. Father, would you help us to deal with it tonight? Would you help us to deal with it this week? And Lord, help us to get rid of the leaven. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed tonight. Just a question. I wonder if there may be one, or let me ask it this way. I wonder how many are here tonight and with heads bowed and eyes closed, you'd say, Pastor, if I died today, I know for sure that I would go to heaven. And if you can honestly say that between you and the Lord, would you slip your hand up right now and say, Pastor, I know that I'm saved. Praise the Lord. That's wonderful. You, you can lower your hands. Let me ask this, though. I think we had four people raise their hands this morning. 
Maybe there was somebody here tonight. You'd say, preacher, if I died right now, I'm not sure that I would go. I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. I want to go, but I'm not sure of heaven. I don't know for sure that Jesus Christ is my Savior. And I want you to pray for me tonight. You'd slip your hand up right now. Is there one anywhere? All right. I see that hand. I see that hand. Thank you so much. I appreciate your honesty tonight. Is there a third? I see that little hand. Is there anybody else here tonight? Is there a fourth hand tonight? You say, Pastor, if I died, I'm not sure about heaven. Would you pray for me? Is there anybody else here tonight? So in just a moment, let me tell you what we're going to do. In just a moment, we're going to stand. We're going to have what we call an invitation. The pastor's going to make his way to the front here. And if you raised your hand and said, Preacher, I don't know that I know that I know that I'm saved. I want you to come. And here's what we'd like to do. We won't embarrass you in any way. We'd just like to take God's word and show you how you can know for sure that you're going to heaven when you die. So I hope you'll come. I hope you'll come tonight. I'll be here to meet you. and I promise you, we won't make you give a speech or anything like that. Nothing, nothing like that. We just want to tell you about Jesus. That's what we'd like to do. I know this is Sunday night, but it wouldn't be a bad time for some Calvary folk to get around the altar and just pray tonight. And, and, and if you're here this evening and God's dealt with your heart about maybe some leaven that's in your life or in your home, why don't we deal with it tonight, Calvary? Why don't we get it right tonight? Would you do that? Let's all stand, if you will, Father. Have your way now in the invitation. Lord, I believe you've been working all day. I believe you're working tonight. God, I, I sure would love to see somebody get saved tonight. Lord, I sure would love to see someone get saved from sin. Father, I pray that you'll work in their hearts and help them to know how much you love them. Father, it could be there's somebody watching by way of the live stream tonight. And they don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Lord, would you help them to call that number, 704-327-5662. Lord, help them to call that number. And Lord, we'd love to take some time and tell them how they can know Jesus as their Savior. Lord, help them to call. Help those that are here tonight under the sign of my voice to come. And I pray that you do that work that only you can do. Have your way in the invitation, please. And Heavenly Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Let's